Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And I have got what I'm going to call a legend of sport in here. She's probably not going to agree with me on that just yet because she's got a few things she wants to tick before we move on. But Niall Williams is in the house. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's a big intro. Well, <laughs> it's worthy. I, I mean, before you hit the Titans, and that's where we got introduced through Matt, your manager in that space, you were one of the people like, I love female sport. I love. I just love the way females haven't tried to play male sport. Females play female. Oh, I'm, I'm, here's a bald, white and title dude. <laughs> talking like this but i really find that females play the sport the way they want to play it and i dig that like for like i'm 25 years in sports nutrition so it's been a long time for me it's really refreshing to see what the girls bring to sport and having had quite a few of the um teams who look after a lot of the girls on it's really nice to hear their approach to footy and sport and community and people and just that passion that you you, you guys bring to community like it's i think there's a lot for the guys to learn in that space and probably get a few little messages on that one but <laughs> it's you know I, I truly believe that what i'm trying to say here is i really enjoyed your obviously i knew you through social media but from what you were doing in your sevens in new zealand was just epic like it was you look like you just owned your place in that sport yeah i think credit to ladies like and probably the, the thing with women in sport and um probably here so in rugby league too in more recent times is that the girls are just authentic yeah themselves Great they word. haven't been yeah they haven't been told what to say in the media they yep. haven't been saying you know this is the best way to get around this or da, 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 like yeah you know the, the coach the coach media which you, you you have your sessions and kind of your standards on the whole women are quite authentic and mm-hmm. I think that's probably in league you can see it's because it's still semi-pro so yeah which which is kind of a bonus so you're getting their true selves when they're turning up to play you know there's no um if and buts when they're trying to run forward you hear that contact you know and yep. um I love it. I love it. It's real, like, yeah, just authentic rugby league flair. What you see is what you get. It's not trying to be something that they're not. That's what I think the women bring to the game. And then also their personalities, like in community, you know, they're naturally bond with the kids and the community and um, just, you know, like at the Titans and with the Sevens, Blackburn Sevens, we were massive on the way you build your legacy is is the people you have behind you and who support you. They're the, the biggest supporters, right? And they're the ones who are going to buy your jerseys. They're the ones who are going to buy tickets to your games. But also, they're, so they're the ones you want to build the relationships with but it's not just because of that it's because we want to do that we see the little girls coming to our trainings and and we want them to be us we want them to know like there is a pathway like you can be a professional sportswoman if you want to be and you can do it your way you can be yourself you don't have to be anybody else you can bring who you are which you know my time 35 a mum of two and I'm in you know, a semi-pro sport. I've just come off, you know, back nearly a decade in a pro sport life. And and we had 19-year-olds straight out of school. We had um, girls who had been working at shift work and had all of a sudden come to a trial and now they're in the New Zealand system. And, and then you have me, who's a mum of two. So, and not at um, never once was we were we told, you know, okay, this is how you have to be now that you're in this team. It was bring yourself, bring your superpowers to this team. And that's what I think that's why we flourish so much. I love yeah. that. Bring your superpowers. How good is that? Yeah. Look, one of the big questions that I get asked when I tell people I'm going to have a chat with you is everybody wants to know the transition from rugby, and especially rugby sevens to rugby league, you know, contact body. You know, you, you said you were 35. Did you yeah. tell people how old you were? I'm just yeah. making sure I've yeah, got yeah, that. Yeah, 35. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, now being based on the Gold Coast versus being based 
based in New Zealand. How hard has the transition been, not just from the athlete on the field, but the mum? Yeah, I guess um, when I first signed with the Titans, I thought, you know, like I should be sweet because, you know, um, with sevens, you travel every, you know, couple, few few weeks, every couple months, you, you travel away for a period of time and then you return. So I was used to being away from the girls, for, you know, but man, was I wrong. Like <laughs> the continued time away. So f- now it's been nearly five months I've been away from my girls and I've only seen them once in that whole period. Wow, that is giving a lot to rugby league. Yeah, and I think like I kind of underestimated mm. um, how tough it would be. Yeah. And yeah, so I just... No, just, I, I, I'm, I, 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 I do get miss it. them. I, like, yeah. And I miss going home, having them just there and um, you get to just automatically switch off from mm. sports and become a mum because you've got to be mum. Like they don't care how your training went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just care, where's our snack after, <laughs> after school <laughs> and, and can you help me with this homework or can mm. we go to the park and play? And that's what I love, that balance. So mm. being here has been tough, but I will say like uh, my husband's come over a few times, which was really, I needed those moments and um, the other cool positive that's come from being here and away from my daughter is that I'm actually now surrounded lots by my family who are based in Australia yeah, so okay. yep. traveling up like so just the last um, couple of weeks my um, twin sister her husband and two kids and my niece all traveled up from Sydney and um, spent that time here and watched our last two home games yep. and nice. being able just to walk from my apartment over to theirs and just just sit like just sit mm-hmm. in the same room as them is, is something that people underestimate you know mm-hmm. like you don't have to talk you don't have to go out and have a big dinner or anything. It's just to be in a comfortable place with your people is, yeah. is such a big thing mm-hmm. for me. So um, I have been very lucky. And I was saying earlier on that um, usually the, my family who are based in, in Australia, which is obviously my sister and uh, my brother and my dad, I would only see them once a year when I would play in the Sydney Sevens. Yeah. So it's so unreal to me to kind of see them week in, week out, you know, yeah. like it. And, and it's it's a real special treat and um, something that I'm grateful that I signed with the Titans because because I get to have share this part of my journey with them. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's um that's a tough gig. I, I give you full credit where credit's deserved there. It's very special. So if you break it down, you say that's five five months away because you're based here full time in camp with the Titans and obviously the family's back in New Zealand. So you don't get a chance there that's it, even a bye weekend or there's no chance of going back home. Is that how it works? You stay in, in schedule. Well yeah. there there just because of the um the way the schedule is, yeah. um, there's nine teams Oh, 10 teams, sorry. So nine mm. rounds. Was it nine teams? Nine teams, sorry. Yeah. Eight rounds. And there's no buy rounds. Like, yeah, obviously, the rounds. men's, they have 26 mm. rounds and they've got all the teams and they've got the mm. um, origin and stuff. So you kind of get those little weekends where you do have a buy round. But for the women, still growing. So it's just week week on, week off. And yeah, no chance to go home. But um, the club's been great. And they um, brought over my family um, for my debut game. Okay. So oh, they brought over cool. my husband and, and my kids. And they got to watch me um, debut. And okay. it was such a special my family come up from Sydney and yeah so like it is tough and it's a long time but uh, we make it work and yeah. I think you know these little sacrifices in life are just for for short moments of time that and and what you get yes. from it in the back end and hopefully what I provide for my kids and what they see and yeah. feel and experience is, is a lifetime yeah. worth you know yeah that's yeah. so nice to hear that yeah thank you for sharing yeah. <laughs> what, what age are your kids uh so my oldest is 11 and okay. her name's Tatum Lee yeah. and then my youngest is nine and She's yeah. her name's Rima Ray. Fantastic. So I didn't actually know, but when I had yeah. my first daughter and um, we're at her first birthday, I was like, man, I feel so sick. Like I didn't, you know, didn't mm. think anything of it. And um, I had 
and I um anyway, so we had her first birthday, and then I found out um later on that um yeah. I was actually pregnant with my second daughter. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know at the time. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. So yeah, it was, it, was, it was a bit of a surprise. Both of them were surprises, but um, okay. yeah, I wouldn't have my life any other way. Mm. So you've obviously had the girls during your career. So I had them during touch when during I was touch? like because um, you played for New Zealand touch football as well. Yeah. We haven't even told people like you're achieving. <laughs> no, Let's exactly. rip that out. So you played yeah. touch for New Zealand. You you're an Olympian. You've been to two Commonwealth games. Yeah. You've got bronze medal from the Olympics, was it? Uh, I got. I went to the Rio yep. um, Olympics, the first one. Yeah. 2016, we won silver. Silver. And then I've been to two World Cups for sevens. I've got. And so you've got a, a World bronze, Cup. Yeah, and yeah. a gold. Yeah. And then two Commonwealth Games where I've got a gold and a silver, I think. And then. Oh, and then I've been to uh, two Open World Cups for Touch New Zealand and silver at both of them and two Youth World Cups where I got gold at one of them for Touch. Um, That's some serious bling, isn't uh, it? Wow. That is some serious yeah. bling. Where's then, that yeah. all sitting? Where's the bling sitting? Um, That's a good guy. I asked a lot yeah. of them that because some hide it, some want to yeah. touch it. It's Yeah, yeah it was actually so um, my mum had all the stuff and then when she moved to Australia, she like kind of gave it all back to me. And I'm not really like a person who has everything, everything on display in my lounge room and stuff like that yeah. um it was kind of just put away and then i remember one day just thinking like i was doing the back room up and i was like you know what like i am proud of mm -hmm. these achievements so my big ones um now are in the spare room kind of like up on a shelf that has clothes and mm. stuff in it but it just sits along the top and it's kind of like every now and again you don't really go into the spare room but every mm. now and again i'll be like oh, i gotta get some spare room and you kind of look and there's like this little yeah. like, oh, <laughs> hello like olympic medals yeah. and commonwealths and and things like that and um yeah and i've even got like my a couple of my brothers like uh he, I got his like World Cup medal that he won. Yeah. Um, I think it's 2011 in there um, that he gave to uh, me, and just so it's kind of cool. Like, and you do, you go over every now and again, and you look through them, and you're like, oh, you're like, I was part of that. And wow. one of my favorite ones is still now is 2005. We won the Youth World Cup Touch yep. New Zealand, and we beat like Aussie, which was obviously always a battle between Aussie and New Zealand. But we ended up beating the um, Australian 21 women's team too. That oh, was wow. there because it was a 19s and 21s cop. So, and we just had like such a cool team, and it was my first trip away as like an athlete and it was all paid for you know like to, and, and when it was over here oh, I can't remember what the area was but it was in Australia we played too so and I always remember that experience of like kind of traveling overseas and representing your country in my first time ever so it was I still got that medal and it's like a real favorite one of mine mm. yeah was that a, was touch football a good pathway to your career in rugby and rugby league do you think oh hands down I've always said like <laughs> New Zealand rugby need a really just I don't know, create some type of pathway or, or connection between touch and sevens. Yep. Like the skill set that you carry over, like I would not be able to do half the things I've done in sevens if I hadn't off played touch first. Okay. And I just learned so much about um, like being wary on the field, body movement, body shifting, um, skill set under pressure because mm. obviously you only have to touch, like you got to get a ball and it's not yep. like you have to tackle them. Just like all the like little details that you naturally, when I went into sevens, I already had but I would do it and people would be like oh that's like really good you can do that but I think it was kind of like a basic yep. skill but I realised then that it's from all the, my years of playing touch so when I transferred over to, to sevens my main thing I had to learn was contact obviously. yeah I was going like, to ask yeah, you that like there's that a big was difference the biggest thing, yeah so I kind of um, it was really funny my coach um, at the time Peter Walters he's like a legend of touch he was the one who got me into the whole sevens like yeah, he nice. started yarning to me he's like yeah, I really because he coached me through all my years and he said I really think you know like 
like you should try give sevens a go and I just laughed at him and he goes no because you're like the angriest person I know on the touch field <laughs> and like really oh, aggressive and he goes I don't really know any other young girls who are like let me go like you know you want to have a battle like when we'd play mixed touch I'd want to do the move on the guy rather than the girl you yeah. know like I'd want to come in and, and I'd really like give them a shove and stuff so he was like I think you have the aggression and you can pick up things really good so like just give it a crack and then yeah so kind of ended up going to an Auckland sevens training and I remember the first training they put us in like a um a circle and you had to go in one-on-one and get the other person on their back <laughs> and I was just like whoa this is another level of con- like you yeah. know like really confronting and yeah I got put on my back hard but I remember being like as soon as she picked me up and threw me on the ground I was like oh no like I I wanted to do it back to her yeah and you just start and I didn't know what I was doing I don't know any technique but I was just like wanted to be an animal and get on the ground and I was thinking oh yeah I kind of like this feeling you know (laughs) oh I wish people could see your eyes right now Look, you, you've got that mongreling, you need to be a great athlete. You've got to have a little bit of that, especially in a contact sport. You've got to have that internally, whether you show up publicly or not, it's a different thing. So you missed one of the Olympic Games due to a neck injury? Yeah. How did someone as accomplished as you and done so much, how did... Does that, in that program of rugby, does that break you as an athlete for a while? Or is it like, okay, it's another game, missed it, jog on, we're going to go, we're away next month after that, let's just... Because rug, rugby seven's got a different pathway to most sports. There's a lot of international, it's it's very popular versus a lot of Olympic sports. It was um, probably one of the toughest times in my whole career, yeah. um, missing out on the Olympics. And I learned a lot about myself, mainly because I realised how much I had been solely focused on one tournament outcome moment that I needed to have in my life and how much I had put in it five years because you know they had the COVID I had poured everything you get so Mm. tunnel vision and all yeah you have all the tournaments along the way and that but those are all byproducts of a stepping stone sorry to to get to that one you know to the pinnacle to the Tokyo Olympics to win gold medal and for me to have ticked everything off and done so well and all of that like we were gold gold like there was no doubt in my mind that we were going to win gold at that Tokyo Olympics and I needed to be a part of that because I had worked so long for five years for that moment so like a lot of people don't know but it was probably about maybe four weeks out or three weeks out from leaving to our building oh that close yeah um we were just having and it was a normal training session and uh we were doing contact and I remember I went over to bridge and one of the girls came in to clean me but she slipped and when she slipped she hit me not like front and kind of from the side and I remember um just kind of moving like that really like a sharp movement but it was like all her body weight and I just heard this like kind of crack mm. and I was just like but sometimes when you go into contact when you're playing you you get that too yeah. but you just carry on so I was like oh just must be you know just didn't think anything of it it was sore but just carried on and then as training finished and I remember being like oh man that's like not going away I thought oh I'll just go home go sleep and we'll see how it is in the morning and then when I woke (laughs) up in the morning oh man I couldn't even like sit up it was like so sore so I went in and saw doc did all these tests on me and I had all my the thing that was hard too was I had all my strength like usually when you do what I had done to my neck you lose strength in your arms and stuff and but I so she said you've got all your strength like how do you feel I say oh we'll just warm it up and everything and we'll see how we go in training tomorrow the, the next day so I had a day off then I trained and um the moment that I knew that something was really wrong was I went to pass a ball and I got a shooting pain kind of down my arm mm. like tingles yeah. and I was like oh that doesn't sound right like doesn't feel right and I f- <laughs> still didn't say anything I was like oh that doesn't feel right mm-hmm. but it was when we had to do this drill and I had to go into counter and something in me was just like 
they go, no, like you, you got a counteract and I said, no, I don't want to. And I've never been yeah, one like to shy away from contact. And for myself, like to say, oh, like say it out loud was like, no, I, d- I don't want to go in there. Yeah. I was like, man, something's wrong. So I went and told Doc and then she just said, cause it was so close. She was like, we'll get you in to get a scan and everything. And, um, I knew it was bad because I just got the scan and I was driving home. I hadn't even got home and my home was only like 10 minutes away and Doc started ringing me and you know, like. Never good. Yeah. Never good. If they're calling you straight away, it's there's something up and she pretty much said to me like, no, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, but from the looks of the scan, um, you've got two bulging discs like compressing onto your spinal cord. Um, and she was like, I, I, I don't want you to get your hopes up, but usually this is like, it's probably going to be the end of your campaign. Like you're not going to be going to the Olympics. Oh. There won't be enough time to come back from this and it might even need surgery. And I was just like in the, I just like said, you know, like, oh, thanks doc for letting me know straight away. And I just like broke down and I was just like pulled over to the side, just crying, you know, like I couldn't, and that this is like a little bit of a side story, but I was booked in to get my Rona Fitness. And so me being the hero I am, still went and got my Rona Fitness and I'm sitting in the line <laughs> and I get to the front and I can't remember what he said to my, he said, sorry, we can't give you a Rona Fitness because your tints on your window are too dark or something really like, you know, and I started crying <laughs> and he was looking at me and he was like, it's okay, like you can just get them removed, like it's, you know, and I was like, oh, it's not the tits like you know I just broke down in bloody the vehicle testing place and I was like oh sorry and I and I left and I went home that is gold yeah um but yeah that was it was a real tough time and yeah I I had I had to take a lot of time off uh work after that obviously to heal and go see the surgeon and um just to be like I think athletes get caught up whereas like you have to get back on track straight away and you have to okay what's the plan now da 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 whereas like they don't give themselves time to grieve and I've always said that grieve's a big like kind of a hard way like we obviously associate it with like death and but like it is it's you know you've worked so hard for something and it gets taken away from you if that's what it feels like like something's died inside of you and um for me it was my dream because I knew I probably wasn't going to be going to another Olympics and I knew I had gold and silver and my goal was to get gold and I knew we were going to win gold in Tokyo like I I had no absolute doubt we had ticked all the boxes and we're in such a good in such good form I was in good form peaking at the top of my career and so for that to get taken away was like it was it I just broke down and I took a lot of time to some days I'd be all right and I'd you know go about my business and some days I'd just lie in bed and I'd just be like why like why is this happening happening to me it's so unfair like and you'd hate everyone and then like you know and you'd think of them and like why did we even do that contact session and then you start saying silly stuff but oh, the brain's like, powerful in that yeah. space isn't it yeah. but so, like it was better out then in and I had such cool people around me yeah that's good great support system who really helped me through all my dark times and that and, and to be fair like my girls and my husband saved me big time through that moment like they showed me that there was more to life too than just that moment yeah. and they actually reminded me one thing that helped me was they reminded me of all my achievement achievements I had done and because when you're so focused on the Olympics you go Commonwealth Games you win a gold you're like oh yeah great okay next one uh, World Cup win a gold yeah great because you want to just get to this moment yeah but because that moment got taken away from me all I had was these moments and then I finally got to sit and reflect and be like wow I am a Commonwealth Games gold medalist I am <laughs> you know all these other things too and you really start to appreciate that more so yeah it was tough but um, there was positives that came out of it to 
um, you know, and understanding what I had done and, and who I am outside of a rugby player, who I had around me in my circles. Like, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Hi, I'm Tom Green, Olympic champ from Tokyo. And if you want the best tasting protein bars on the market, you should try the new Body Science Moose Range. Greg, you better be testing those. Mate, they're getting drug tested, got you covered. I often wonder then, do you still, you obviously still watch the games and supported the team and do you watching from home then? With mixed emotions. Yeah, so... Like, how does it... What's the emotions going through your mind when you're watching? It was real tough. Yeah. Um, they actually uh, FaceTimed the girls in yeah. for um, the jersey presentation. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, probably the moment um, when I... So, being who I am, even when they were doing the build-up and they all went to, um, like, Aussie went, Fiji went, and they went to that in Townsville, I think it was, like a little mm-hmm. mini tournament pre-Olympics. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm missing this, but it'll come right. And then I'm still... Got, I'll go on the plane and I'll get... I'll you plan, were still so believing get, yeah, for the last like, one. Yeah, right, to okay. that last minute but it was wasn't until really they gave the jerseys out and um they had number four and it got presented to another girl because that was obviously my number, yeah, number yeah. and i watched her get it and i was happy for her like i would never not want anyone else like that's you took your opportunity it came in you know yeah. so that's your spot but like just personally it was just like whole oh, like that's not real, i'm not getting that tokyo yeah. jersey and that was really mm. emotional and then probably the second part was um i actually went in studio and done um like a live you know um in studio with, with a team and they watched you watch the game and then you get your feedback and all that building yeah. and stuff and i done it with a team and so i was in studio and um there's actual like footage and it's of the moment they get a penalty in the final and they kick it out to win gold and I just like break down because I'm so happy for them but then I'm it's like yeah. another moment where you realise yeah. like oh that medal's not going around my neck yeah, yeah tough, so dude, tough. Yes. it was real tough and it was like in shooter and you're like crying uh. and stuff but it's such a real random weird feeling to be so happy for people like I was so happy mm. like yes we done it and I know I'm a part of it and everyone was like you know you should get a medal too and you're a big part of it and I like I understand like I'm I was a massive part like I, I know I was I was and, and if I wasn't injured I would have been there and on that podium yeah. but I also from an athlete point of view I'm like that's not my medal like yeah. I didn't play in those six yeah. games I didn't travel I didn't play that overtime versus Fiji in the semi and all that stuff like and people are like you're being so tough on yourself but I think that's my mindset as an athlete like you do the work and of you course. get and you earn that yeah. whereas I didn't do that part so that's their medal whereas I will fully say I was a part of getting the team to there but they those girls who took the field were the ones who won the medal then yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a that's a. I mean, there's a lot of learnings in that, isn't it? You you're, you're a better person now for that. Mm. I know that's easy to say from this <laughs> side, but it's those things that build you as a human. Mm. You've been working a lot with the younger girls at Keeper Park too, haven't you? In the yeah, in the rugby league, like, <laughs> do, is that the type of thing you're bringing to that when you talk to these up and coming? I love Keeper Park; it's my school. <laughs> but it's um when you're talking to these girls in pathways and and playing the sport now, because when, when I went to Keeper, there was no female football programs yeah. or anything. I mean, I'm also really old, so that probably doesn't make <laughs> sense. But wasn't even considered as a. But do, do you? Is it these stories that you bring to these athletes now? Because you're what, 35, you've sort of in that area where you've driven this pathway to contact sport so you've sort of you guys have sort of written the book on how it's done with no play manual really like <laughs> is is that a great part like do you share those types of stories with those girls and 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 hang on that resilience and that that ability to come back and yeah i think um going to keeper park was definitely that was part of the plan um what's the help where i can on field like they've got their coaches in the girls sports academy and i kind of chime in and they're like just you know add your five cents wherever you can and yeah and i don't mind doing that too and they've just obviously gone from league and moving into sevens now so I kind of 
felt like I was like, you know, getting Perfect. in there and saying a little <laughs> bit more. But um, yeah. just off-field me and um, one of my teammates, Talia um, Fuimaono, we actually run like a Wednesday wellbeing session at, the, at their school. Um, okay. And so one week we're of year seven and eight and then nine, 10 and then um, 11 and 12s. And um, that's exactly what we do. So one wellbeing session was kind of more about nutrition and fuel, fueling the body and yep. what it takes, all those types of things. When you get to school age, you notice skip breakfasts. Mm. I don't want to do take protein because it's going to make me fat and yeah. all these misconceptions that everyone has, you know, mm. and that's the age now because of the pathways you have, that's the age we need to be starting to talk to them For and sure. um, giving information, educating them around Quality all that stuff yeah. because it's just getting younger and younger. And like what I mean by that is too, is like I, when I was playing sevens, as time went on, um, man it was the age of the girls that were getting brought into our squad were just getting lower and lower to where they were actually waiting for them to finish school some of them were doing school exams and coming and doing training camps but they were still too young to go on the circuit Wow! and then like straight from school straight into mm. our program and it's quite funny because you know you watch them come in and some of them are like the top dogs of, of their school and they'll be the captain <laughs> they'll be the VIP got all the trophies and then they come into the program and you're right at the bottom of yep. the food chain you're getting like excuse my language but effed mm. up on the field yeah, like yeah. you know getting left behind you're at the back of the fitness and they it's like a big wake-up foot call for them and first time in the gym some of them and just having that education I think during school what Keeper is doing like they've got a full amazing gym like their gym setup is mm. crazy and they're using products you know they're using the body science products and they yeah. see it in the corner and, and so us going in them seeing people who they want to be like telling them is that's the key yeah, yeah. exactly you yeah. know like having role models having yeah. aspirations yeah yeah we I've, all had it yeah, when we were young exactly yeah. so I've always yeah said um to be you have to see yeah, nice. that's a massive thing for me so for me in women's sports you have to see other women or other young girls doing stuff and then that makes you want to be that and so that's like that's cool yeah so when we go in and we and we have these well-being sessions and we tell them i like, tell them how what i eat and stuff and they're like whoa do you eat that much do you take <laughs> all of that all the time and i'm like yeah like if i didn't i wouldn't be able to do half the stuff i do i'd just run out of energy and yeah. and i said and for you guys use it growing every day like use it in your prime growing stages as young females you've got all those other things going on periods and dramas of boys and mm. you know like all that kind of stuff so you need to make sure you're fueling your body right so we have those talks with them and then on top Excellent. of that we have talks about being a good person and I think some of them like because we talked about um Karen Murphy at the Titans her two biggest things were when she was picking the team was obviously like you'd be stupid not to pick on talent because you're, you're a coach trying to win. But the other biggest thing was being a good person. Yeah, nice. And she wanted a team where people came in and they wanted to be there and they actually liked each other, like, genuinely. Not because you're trying to be in a team and you want to, like, you actually like, oh, I could hang out with you outside of, or I can have a conversation with you and it's not awkward or doesn't matter who you're sitting next to, you know, or who you're rooming with, it's it's okay. So just trying to teach the kids and probably to be fair, Kibra, the younger, the the more open they were, the older, you know, you kind of, they're already set in their ways a little bit and yeah. too cool for mm. school. And I think when we did the program and running and what it means and what kind of person you want to be, what kind of teammate is important and all that stuff, there was a few like, ah, oh, moments. Yeah, They were like, wow, so I'm not just going to get picked because I'm the best player you know well there's 10,000 other best players when you get to that level mate like yeah what, really sets, you, you, know, what yeah. sets you aside is how how are you as a teammate how are you in learning being open to learning how are you off the field when no one's watching are you doing your recovery are you eating properly or are you just buying Maccas <clears throat> on the way home because you're too lazy to prep your food like all those kind of things when we're telling them that this is 
this is what sets you apart because yeah once you get to that level everyone's a set, like everyone's yeah. got talent or else they wouldn't be there yeah it's those other things i think that they need to realize is what kind of sets you apart and is mm. the difference between kind of making it sometimes or not actually just making it but staying in it Excellent. so because then you get exposed sometimes sometimes players you see with talent they'll get in there and then they start all the shortcuts and then they get exposed and Found out really quickly yeah yeah, yeah. that's really good is really well said for our listeners yeah is, is is that a program that is anyone funding you on that program to deliver that message wider than Kibra, or is that just something you've taken to Kibra? Yeah, just something i do well, you should have a chat with sheree our ceo <laughs> about that because it's the type of thing that she would love no pressure sheree you've just <laughs> been thrown under the bus <laughs> And it's coming in hot when you see the eyes when it's uh, when when she's talking about what she wants. You'll understand why I'm at. <laughs> hey, I want to dig on something emotional that you put on your. Um, I don't know if emotional is the right word. It touched me when I read it in, on your Instagram the other day when you wrote, "Every hour of every day, I'm learning more. The more I learn, the less I know about before. The less I know, the more I want to look around, digging for clues on higher ground." Can you can you explain to me where you were and what <laughs> what when you put that out? Because that's when when you read that over and over again, there's a lot in that. Yeah. And I thought you're, you're, you've got a real deep side to you there. I mean, you, you're, you're, your social media is quite emotional anyway. Like it's and, and you love the people that love you. You're very kind to them on social media. But that saying is that is there anything in that, or am I just just no, got me I, on an emotional day where I thought? <laughs> besides my mum and dad's house parties when we were younger, and you always used to listen to you before day. Um, okay. That particular. Um, part in the song I've yeah. always resonated with it and even more so um, throughout my sporting journey and it's kind of like you think you know everything and you think you've gotten to the probably the top highest point in your life and you're like yeah I've, I've made it like I've accomplished everything and then you get to something else and then you start thinking so for me like going from sevens to league it's kind of like you start going oh Maybe I didn't think I knew everything and I can grow a little bit more and, and go a little bit further, further in areas that I thought I had already reached the peak in here. And yep. I feel like this it's such a true um, thing in life when you say like you can always learn more, you can always, you don't know everything. And I think just personally as, a, as who I am as a person too, like maybe I thought here yeah, this was the best thing for me and blah, 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 but when I get to this, I'm like, oh, maybe I was, um, you know, undercutting myself and and staying in places where I probably should have left a little bit earlier, or um, mm. or being surrounded by people, or like yeah. not throwing people under the bus mm. or saying environments are bad or anything, but just you th like I thought probably I could get the best out of me um, in sevens, which I had done so much in, but it was so crazy and, and real enlightening to come to a league and feel like I've unlocked a new version mm -hmm. of myself. Yep. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you I think, yeah, you're the best version here, but I feel like in league I've gone to another level of wow. who I am as an athlete and a person. Yep. Um, and so it kind of questions everything then, not saying it's a bad thing. It's just like, oh, what else can I do to be a better version of myself? Yep. And sometimes you have to go outside what you think you're the best at to, to, to realize that. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That's fantastic. It comes with maturity and experience, yeah. and I guess like, so what? What's the youngest girl in the Titans at the moment that you must be able to be quite a mentor to them? In yeah, so we've got a few eighteen-year-olds, and yeah. it's pretty cool. We actually went to the um, they most of them were playing with the um, under eighteen, the Queensland yeah. versus New South Wales game, their state mm. of origin, and we all drove up to the stadium and did signs for them yeah. and. Um, cheered them on and because yeah. like I remember when I was that age and you come in and you and like obviously I wasn't playing um, pro sports or semi-pro and I, like they amazed me that their maturity at this level okay. you know um, okay. 
they're mm. in the open women's now like this is mm. everyone for themselves there's no like people your own age so they're competing against women and some of them their maturity levels uh, how they're level-headed and what they can do on the field just blows my mind and you just think are hey, you only going to get greater and I had great mentors when I was young like um in touch footy like I had Peter Walters I had all these um not trying to sound cocky, but I always played kind of yeah, like yeah. in the opens grade and touch. Yep. So I was always with older people. So on my first opens campaign for Auckland Open Mix, I was 15 years old wow. and I was playing with like open grade players, you know. Yep. So I was always surrounded by older, mature people. And I think that really helped me to grow as a person and an athlete. Um, I'm just trying to think what it would be like to be 15 playing in that level of sport. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it's probably like that Nile, <laughs> that 15-year-old Nile. She's a little bit more cocky, a little bit more walked around with a strut and yeah. probably had a bit of a chip on her shoulder most days. Yeah. Um, but um, I was surrounded by good people who pulled my head in and said, hey, you know, like I actually remember a conversation with one of my teammates. Her name was Delisha Weeper. And she said to me, so we we're at a tournament playing for Auckland, like at the full touch nationals, the biggest you can get. And <laughs> we're sitting there. She walks in the room and she's like, what are you having for dinner? I was like, oh, I don't know yet. Um, you know, she's like, do you want to come? I said, nah, nah, you, you guys go. She goes, oh, yes, sweetie. She left, she come back and I was eating, Um, I had gotten a big thing of guacamole and I had like Doritos and I was sitting in the room eating it. Like I had finished nearly like one of those big massive family packs and she was yeah. like, what are you doing? We were playing the next day. I was, like, I was hungry and she was like, well, what did you have for dinner? I was like, this. And she was just like, you're going to learn real soon. <laughs> like that's not going to burn off you quick. And yeah. that's like, you know, and I, she kind of gave me the talk. And so even though they were real lighthearted and they – they let me be a youth, but then they also gave me tips and advice when needed as I, so they kind of watched me grow up through yeah. all the, yeah, so um, I always kind of remember that talk and, and now when I think about it now, it's kind of like what I feel like I need to do for these yeah. young kids, like I'm not going to go on there and tell them everything they need to do in that, but I will give them advice and tips and say, and I think because I've come from a young age and competing mm. that you kind of... Um, you know, resonate with them a yeah, little bit yeah, better. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can relate to them. That's such a special part of your career to be in now. Yeah. Yeah. Just we have to be honest, just for a second. I mean, like, um, your brother's one of my one of my all time <laughs> favorites. And you did mention the two thousand eleven um medal of the World Cup that you've got. Who's your brother? Girls. So um, <laughs> John Arthur. Nice to meet you, John. <laughs> And you know, and you said you've actually got got his World Cup medal from 2011, and he backed it up in 2015, and then he's mm. over there in France at the moment in the commentary team, and I'm watching him, and you know that's super cool. Who you must take Who's a better athlete? sprint right now, though, yeah? Who, yeah, who, I just had to wait till he got to 40, and then I can yeah. beat him. <laughs> Any backyard stories growing up with him? Yeah, well, I do actually have a story because a lot of people ask, like, you know, were they rough and stuff? <laughs> and I was like, they were like typical brothers, you know, like, can we play with you? No, go away, like, never let us play. And then my mum would come out, let your sisters play. <laughs> and so then we'd get to play and they'd be like, hey, sweet, we're playing cricket. And we used to have a driveway that was like a steep hill. And so they'd be at the bottom. They'd be like, yeah, you can bat first. And we'd be like, yes. And then because my oldest brother was actually really good at um, cricket. And he would come in and do like a full, I don't even know what it's called, like the one that spins hard out. Yeah. And just get you out on the first ball. And he'd be like, okay, you got to go field now. And you'd stand there for like two hours fielding. <laughs> and then we'd be like, mom, we didn't. And he was like, we let them have a bat, you know, kind of. So they were always like that always beat us in all the sports but let us play but never ever gave us like an inch it was always like lost by like 200 points or you'd get one game on the <laughs> uh, the nintendo and you'd just die straight away and they'll be like okay yeah next like yeah but i do remember um one game that we used to play when we were little and now that i think about it it was so like how much me and my twin sister just wanted to play with our brothers like you know because they were so cool to us and they used to sit on their knees in the lounge room and we 
So one would sit on their knees, my brother, and the other brother would have a cushion and we would come running into the lounge and they'd pass us the cushion and we had to try beat them. <laughs> That's awesome. So could you imagine what happened to us? We were just like, boom, just, like, just getting smoked. And he'd oh, be like, God. oh, and they'd be like, don't cry, don't cry, please, please, please. I'll go softer, don't tell mum, don't tell mum. Like, you know, you can have a turn tackling each other. Oh, like. That's awesome. But that was a game I always remember. We used to play all the time. And now that I think about it, I was like, they were just setting us up to get smoked. So pretty much, Sunday was shoulder charge came because of us. There you go. <laughs> we you did that for like like everyone. That's huge. That's <laughs> fantastic. Like Thanks for sharing. That's so cool. Yeah. So he played rugby for New Zealand and league for New Zealand as well? Yeah. Are you going to play league for New Zealand or are you going to play for Australia? Is that a serious question? I'm going to ask that. You're in Australia. You just might go, well, I'm here. I'm going to have a crack. Who knows? <laughs> I bleed black and white. Yeah, that's good um, to hear. Oh, if, if, and and I say if because, damn, there's some talent in the Kiwi Ferns. Like, yeah. just watching the competition and, and coming up against a lot of centres who I've, I've played against, their the actual current Kiwi Ferns, um, I would be, like, stoked to even be in the mixer. Yeah. So, But if that opportunity came my way, you know, that's the always the ultimate goal and I'm I always say you're a long time retired, so if I could pull on another black jersey and another code, I would not say no and I'd give it my all and, yeah, so. My wife's yeah. Kiwi. <laughs> so she's a... You lucky man. She's a Whangarei girl. Oh. Yeah. Those ones are a little bit crazy, eh? Yeah, she had a little bit in her in her early days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but she, she's, she's like the same. She just loves New Zealand like it's them. I don't know what they put in your food over there for your family, but... <laughs> If somebody can get that diet out to young athletes, I think it's probably worthy of having a look at. <laughs> That's right. But, so NRLW, where's it going? Is there a group of you, excuse the word older, but you you older athletes in the NRLW that are pushing to where it's going to go as a sport in the future? Like obviously your, 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 your focus now is premierships and doing what you do, but is there a background behind all that where there is input from, I mean, the NRL have no idea about the pathway you, you athletes went through to become NRLW, like none. Like it's been so male-orientated for years, hundreds of years. Is there a group of you that are helping set the future of what NRLW looks like? To be honest, I probably I wouldn't know the exact details of that, yep. but I can guarantee you there is definitely going to be some ladies around um, in the background doing work, trying to build it to be the, you know, having those conversations about being a full-time paid gig, being yep. full professional. That's the goal, right? Like, yeah, exactly. That you want yep. this to be your job. Um, so for us back in the sevens, that like the ladies who came before us and who had to um, travel in and out, got paid, you know, shit all for tournaments and yep. stuff like that those those ladies set the platform and we just carried it on and the best thing that we can do as current nrlw players is go out there every weekend and put on a show that people want to watch yeah. yep. we want to get people watching streaming views on, through the television we want people buying tickets um and the way you do that is like what i talked about previously you you get amongst your communities you use your social platforms to do it and this is a big one that i think um over here we're still so um probably in its like infant stage for the nrlw is is that social media yep. platform and how i said um to be you want to see and um all the girls in sevens like we all like have 
we use our platforms for the better for for the program to grow it and I think like we can do so much more in that space here for the NRLW and um, it's so refreshing to see ads on TV and have women players NRLW players faces on the ads on the billboards on trucks anywhere doing promotional work um, going into communities you want them in there so then that grows and then people want to see the product and so yeah for now NRLW players the best thing they can do is what they're doing with themselves their platforms um, the clubs as well how much are you exposing your ladies team and um, I think at the Titans they do it really well like they're pretty much like amongst most campaigns that go out um, you see some of the women getting being a part of it which is really cool Um, but yeah that's like you just got to keep growing it and the more the teams grow the more the need for you to want to do this and be here and and we want to grow this product bigger then it's going to require more training time more hours and therefore tick over a time slot where you can't have it as a semi-pro anymore it has to be pro people once the stage comes where they're going to have to pick between a job and that like Mm. that's when you can start saying hey you got to start paying us full time and you have to have clubs too that are so obviously it's great to have nine clubs at the moment but clubs that are willing to work that schedule out so um for instance we train from 4 p.m onwards right so that's our scheduled time for the field use the gym use and the men's have throughout the day if we were to come full-time professional that has to be shared, that schedule yeah, time, because you're yeah. training now in that same time slot. Yeah. So there has to be a willingness mm-hmm. from the club to be like, yep, we do want to have the women's full time and we're prepared to help that by, okay, on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or whoever's playing which days they get that kind of prime spot, whatever, mm-hmm. during the day, but it's kind of you're in, then you're out. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to make it work between both teams. Like, I hope that when they both do become professional, that they're both treated as professional teams, mm-hmm. not the women's and the men's team, both yep. professional NRL and NRLW teams, and yep. that's the biggest, and you're giving the same respect to both teams. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Do you enjoy playing the same day as the guys, like, at the stadium, or do you prefer your own roster and your own field doing your own thing? You know what? A lot of people say um, you must love playing after the men's because then you get all their crowd coming in. But I'll tell you right now, on the weekend, like, it wasn't – I think we had maybe just over 2,000 pl- – it was uh, it was yeah. one of the coolest games I've been a part of. They were so vocal and so loud. And the thing that really stood out to me was they were all there to watch yeah. the women play, yeah. you know, because it was only a double header for women. So they were all there to watch us play. And I love that. And for me, like when you look about, if you're talking about stats like the State of Origin game, the last one that was the decider, but it was only the second game. Still blows my mind. Um, they had the record-breaking crowd. Um, I'm can't remember it was twelve and a half thousand maybe yep. around up in Townsville and like and they had massive number of viewings on TV. So for me, like you do want to share too. Like it's it's also cool to, and and like you know you, you you're playing in the men's your men's team outside watching cheering you on too. Yep. Like that's great. But also for women, you should strive to want to have that prime time spot on yeah. TV. Like I don't want to be at a four o'clock game and they get this this the eight pm yeah yeah so time when too, all yeah. the eyes like yep. let's strive to be the eight pm slot by ourselves and getting all the views on our game you know like that's yeah. that's the goal right like to, to be a product where you can thrive on your own but at the moment probably at this stage like it is great to have that crowd there as well when they start ca- coming in I remember when I played Newcastle by the end of our game it was kind of quite packed at the stadium and it was really cool but also a tough game too yeah that was a tough game Some um, big hits in that game yeah <laughs> 
all the games have been tough. I feel like after every game, I'm like, where's the ice packs? <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, the girls, the, 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 the game is building nicely. It's just, it's got a little while to go, but man, it's already grown so far since I first started watching it to now being a part of it. Yeah. Cool. Is there any um, vision in place for equal pay in the sport? Like, is there any, ha- have we set any timelines in the sport to, to bring the pays? pay parity in so that Mm. is any of that um from what i've heard like it was a massive step for them even to have like the cap they have now and the first steps they've taken is to increase the caps every year the salary cap on a scale obviously to the men's it's nowhere near what the men's are getting um i i'm pretty sure what like the lowest men's one would be six figures whereas like the women's one are not six figures the women are still doing their contract plus um probably third party um deals and and whatnot or working alongside the club where they're getting a good pay from the club maybe um i'm assuming so to build up that extra money to what they feel like they're worth um if i can compare it to sevens um i think it took out of nearly 10 years it probably took to about midway for me there for us to actually get um so we're on um tier systems and it took you about five six years being in that team for the woman to actually be on the same tiers as the men so obviously um you negotiate either side of the tier yeah um so you have tier one two three four then you negotiate either side to go up or down there's like a window each side of it but to even get those same tiers it took about yeah five years being full-time that is not us being semi and them being full like we had already been become full-time and i think um a reason for that was we had great people in place who were fighting for that every day you know um, our captain sarah hudany and that um massive part of it like the body just the players representation going into those meetings and then on top of that you had great players like Ari Sevilla, TJ Piranari, um, all saying, come on, these girls need to have the same packet as, as us, pay packet. Like, look at the, mm-hmm. look at pretty much, if you want to be blunt, look at the trophy cabinet. Yeah. The girls' one isn't missing a trophy, yeah, you know. So cool. yeah, good if call. you want to talk about performance, they're, they're doing everything you want. Yeah. We train the same hours as the men's. We turn up the same days. We do just as much as work. We're away from our families just the same amount of time. And if not for a few years, they're like the obviously the sevens men's and no disrespect them, they have a great legacy. But for a few years there when we were in the program, we we're getting more trophies than them. Yeah. But we we're on a different pay packet. So you bring all those and then you have big dogs like Artie and them who are mm. in those players' relations saying, We're not actually gonna sign unless you wow. so they took a big step like that and That's TJ awesome. Perrin are massive for women's yeah. like women's rugby advocates not saying but you know guys out there in the NRL I, I have seen a few of them put their hands up and say you know all these new benefits but like um, for the women's game but once it does come full time maybe some of them might step up and say hey we we think they should be paid more or paid along here for they're doing full time I've heard you use that word full time and semi-professional a fair bit what is the difference between that and you guys being professional and full-time? I mean, you've got a f- fair roster of games now. Mm. You've nearly got every club's nearly got – well, every club wants an NRLW team. What, what is the, the big difference in the wording you're using there? The difference is – Because it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. The difference is one gets to do it as their job and that's all they have to do and they get paid enough to live off it and one doesn't. So oh. they're doing the same amount of work. Like if you think about it, we're in from – 4 to 8.30 and the men's are probably in from 
I'm going to say 8.39 to, what, 3, some of them. Yeah. Then they get their two sessions in. We get our two sessions in. Same, same. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me the way yeah. you keep referring to it. And I mean, obviously, that's it's, what's being told to you so, guys yeah. as well because that's a great way to hide a fact that there needs to be some yeah. some, some pay reviews happening in the near future. Well, when I look at the difference between coming, like, so this is what we, semi-pro, Gold Coast Titans, full-time professional NZ7s. That's the difference of what we're doing. Like, I'm, if anything, I'm doing more now here yep. because I've got to work a job as well. And so on some days I'm working a job. Um, so I work a few days a week at Kibra yep. to keep that pay up. But then like a couple of days, they'll be on a training day. So I'm working from 8, eight to 2 yep. and then from 4 to 8.30 at that after they get their little break. That's not my day. It's just training and then, and mm. you know, at Kibra, I'm on my feet all day. Like, mm. if anything, yeah, I'm probably doing more work now here to keep afloat, but I'm, you're expected of the same as what I was doing in the full time. Yeah. Uh, the product, I mean, the end product. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah. It sucks, doesn't it? Mm. Really like it. It's and, tough. It's a tough gig, yeah. man. These girls, I don't think these people understand too, like what these NRLW players are going through just to put that product out in the weekend. Some of these girls are shift time workers. Like, they'll go from our training finishing at 8 30 and they start working at 10 p.m. and they'll work right through to the morning sleep in that little bit in the day and then come into train like depending on when they're rostered on you know like it's crazy yeah, yeah. that's yeah the NRL needs to do something there I won't be able to change it I'm a nobody but <laughs> you definitely have the power to do that for the future generations that come through and that's a cool thing I reckon yeah. and I think you will be one of those people that helps make massive change you've just got that look <laughs> and that style about you where when you think something should happen it probably <laughs> does happen in your life a lot uh, you speak really well and and you've got all the experience and like you said you're relating it back to one code where it was professional one where you're saying semi and you're able to actually relate back the workloads on both sides of that mm. like how, i think you are voice for it 100 percent. how can us fans and the media help you in that space <laughs> like what do you think we can just turn up is that that's probably the biggest one is like um because if, if i'm being blunt again um we our goal was to be on that same pay pack as uh our counterparts, the New Zealand Sevens men's. Yep. There's no way we could be like, put us on the same as the All Blacks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, the All Blacks mm -hmm. are their own entity. They're like worldwide. They're just so massive and they bring in all this revenue. Yeah. And like, we talk about like, you know, everyone's all, the, the big argument, revenue and da da da, you get what you, you bring in and all that stuff. And, but the bigger it gets, the more you, it's undeniable, the more it's going to get followed, the more the sponsorship's going to come and the, the revenue's going to come in. So when you think about a massive one that everyone's talking about, it's the Matildas. Yep. And How the, good was that? Oh, and, you know, I'm not Australian, but when I watched that penalty shootout, yeah. like with the girls, and I watched them hanging on the edge of their seats and cheering and every time I go and what it meant to everyone in the room when they won that, you know, and, and then to see on, on social media, like men saying, how can we get tickets to the Matildas? Like, I don't want to watch footy. I want to go watch the Matildas play. Yeah. And it was just so refreshing to see something that we've known a long time, that women's sport is amazing. And, and, and there's talented, skillful women out there who are working their asses off to bring you a great product but to, to be recognized and acknowledged from men you know like as well as and some women too probably probably yep. don't acknowledge women's sport as much as they should um it was just such a cool feeling and great to see and i think that's the biggest part is um so we talk about the all blacks they, they bring in their revenue right yep. so 
that's the goal is um, we were bringing in our revenue, so we worked hard to build our product, our name, um, you know, our relationships, and that people wanted to be a part of the Black Fern Sevens. Yeah. How can we be a part of your team in that? We That's what we done from the product we delivered on the field, being consistent winners, um, yep. which helps, <laughs> being good people, and mm. then um, being community-driven, mm. um, being our authentic selves. Um, people, oh, can you come speak for us because we love like you know you're not robotic and just all that kind of stuff helps build your brand and your product and that's when you start bringing in the seats on the bums of views and yeah i think like and sooner or later they're gonna have to buy into it too you know yeah exactly totally agree wow so have you had the the shit life on social media with have you had a lot of haters having a crack at you uh, like talking to the levi girls last week yeah they, they copped a lot of body shaming comments because I mean they're at so I love those girls they're so athletic and to me I re- they just represent that new breed coming through. Did did you get a lot of that in rugby in New Zealand? You're probably not seeing it so much at tights now because it's a different scenario for you. But did did you cop a lot of why are you playing footy? What are you doing this for? All that type of stuff. Or I, I mean. For those people living in a bubble, we all know that there is one real sport in New Zealand. <laughs> it's called rugby, <laughs> but it's um. um. No, I wouldn't say like really bad haters. Um, probably like if you don't have the greatest game. Um, I think for myself, as I got towards the back end of my career, um, a lot of people started coming out and being like, oh, you need to retire. You're too slow. Like really? let, the, let the young ones do um, push in now. And, and, and for me, it was real tough, those comments, because you might see one shitty game I have or one bad pass I done on the field or you know like a one moment but you never saw my training you never saw the trial games you never saw yeah. what we do day in day out how I compete against these girls like you see that one moment on the field and for me like when our team whoever whoever it is gets on that field they've earned that spot to be on that field yep. and it's not from luck or anything it's from what you've done off the field leading into that tournament so those 12 players who get selected to go like we've had trials we've played against each other we've trained day in day out next to each other and the coaches have picked a team from that yep. not and so yeah you might have you might have a sh- game there or whatever but like what you've done in that build up you deserve to be there and so for someone to be like oh you're so slow and just you're old, like using that was the worst one was when I started getting to the back was like you're too old and I was just like wow. age has nothing to do with it like mm. I'll tell you right now like I I could out counteract all those 18 year olds in the team if mm. I wanted to like that yep. you know and when we would play our teams it was so funny so we'd get into teams and sometimes it would be like all oh, the older girls versus the younger girls yeah they might like um make a break here or there and there but as it got on and got on yeah it was the older girls running yeah. in 80 meter tries yep. against someone who's technically like on the sheets faster than you but that's that experience that grit mm. that never give up you know that heart like mm to be able to keep going because you've you know what that tough feeling is in that moment like if you just run through this you're going to break them yep whereas they were still in their like infant mm. stage and they're yeah, just yeah. like go all out and then it's tough oh mm. like give up yeah and so people don't understand all of that stuff what all goes into making team and yeah you get to a point where like and that was probably me just the season gone i was like yep yeah, it's my time now like i'm I can do certain stuff, which I still feel like I'm the best on the field. But once you start feeling like, oh yeah, like um, that field's feeling a little bit big out there with just seven players on it. Like, but I felt like mm-hmm. I was happy, like I could retire my own time. But having people say comments like that, real ignorant ones, was real tough. I do remember one person um sent me a message on Instagram and was like, "Why are you playing rugby? Why do you look the way you look? You're 
you're a boy, you look like a man and like saying all this stuff to me. And I was just like, what the? Exactly. And the old, the, the young Nile with a chip on his came <laughs> out and I was like, and I remember I actually posted it on my social and it was not like to, I blurred his name out and yeah. everything, but it was just to say like, and then I remember I posted his comment and then I posted the video in the next slide and I'm like smiling at the thing and then I get up and I go and like, I'm putting my weights on my, <laughs> like my set at home, like what well, I'm still going to do mates and I'm uh, weights and I'm still here mate. Like your, you know, your shitty comment was kind of like to let people know, like we build ourselves to be like this to be able to do what we do on the field yeah if i didn't do weights and looked after myself eat yeah. right train hard i did there would be no product on the field yeah it would be very sloppy out there and there'd be lots of injuries and mm. um to the way i look is like you know it's like you got to be proud of it and Absolutely. i feel like this has gotten me com games olympics mm. things dreamed of buying a house for my family mm. yeah um, even just this year was my first time I brought a house up. I brought a car straight off the car, brand new. And it was such a like cool moment to drive out and like, you know, the, um, what is it? Od Odometer? Odometer, yeah. And it had like two on it or something. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like there's no one else's problems in this car. Like <laughs> it's just me. Like, and that was a proud moment. And I know that's because of this body and what it's done yes. out there to get me what, I, you know, to get me to that place so in order good, to do Mark. stuff like that. Yeah. I, I know you're so good. You're talking about your body there. What what do you do in the space for, for mental health for yourself? I mean, 30, 35, still playing footy and, and super competitive and got the look of I've got a few other boxes I want to tick before that's all over. We haven't even talked about AFL yet. Like, is that where it's going? <laughs> but No, I'm only joking. But do, what do you do? I mean, obviously, the physical side, you, you, you're a weapon, you can tell. What do you do from the mental side? Because that's, that's the tough part a lot of people don't get especially young girls coming into sport and young guys, they don't understand, like, what did you say before, skill over um, attitude over skill or something mm. you, you mentioned earlier? What, what do you do in that space to keep, and I mean, obviously you're away from your family, mm. it's, it's a tough gig. How do you keep yourself aligned? Yeah, I think I've, um, over the years I've found, I've tried out different things and things. Some, some work, some don't really work for me, but one thing I have always found um, that, that's worked for me is having, I have to find it no matter where I am, I have to find a circle that I can trust in and that I can be open with. Yep. I'm probably more of a um, releaser. Yep. So I like to talk. Um, I don't need to go and, um, not saying it's bad, but like I don't need to meditate or anything, like those kind of mental things. Me like either. I don't yeah. need to do that stuff. I need to just talk. And um, so here, like I've got a couple of great mates, but I should honestly start paying my husband um, for being a counsellor <laughs> to me because he has to listen to a lot of my shit. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just finding that group of people that I know that at any time, whether I've kind of like had a chat with them in the last two weeks or not, I can just be like, send 10 voice messages or pick up the <laughs> phone and call them and be like, hey man, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit here. Yeah, like, that's um, cool. Gotta have that tribe, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I just need to talk about yeah. it. And, and then like mentally too, um, I have to keep reminding myself of why I'm doing things. Like, mm. so in my locker room, I have the photos of my girls up in my house, um, my apartment, I have my photos on my mirror right next to my bed. So when I wake up every morning, I look at them first thing you see, yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I see. I see like, yeah, I'm gonna today's for you, like every other day, and to make our life better and, and give you things that probably um that I wouldn't have been able to if I didn't have this role. And and then probably the hardest one for me, um, being in this part of my career is um the self-doubt. Um I live to such high standards on the field. Like it's quite funny. People always say to me, like, do, do um 
you feel the pressure of like, say we're coming up, you know, um, against another team and they've got great players. But I never feel like pressure like, yeah. oh my God, that's blah, blah, blah. Like, I hope I play good against them. And, and like, I, I don't feel that pressure really. The pressure I've always felt is like my own standards yeah. and like wanting to reach it. And like, I could have done that better or put in that effort to chase that kick or, you know, like that's kind of the one yeah. that, and then if I do not live up to my standards, sometimes I can let self-doubt creep into my head like, Am I too old or should I be here? Should I just go back home and be with my family? And and then I, I and so I, to be honest, like, um, I, I did start feeling like that uh, towards the end of my sevens career. Yeah. Um, I did go through some dark times when I wasn't getting selected for a couple of the last tournaments. I didn't get selected. Like, I just come back from my neck injury. Like, yeah. And <laughs> he comes to perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to make the first tournament after my first trial back. Um, now looking back on it, yeah, I, I was underdone. Like, I wasn't ready for that tournament, but I wanted to make that because yeah. I trialed, you know? And so for me, I, I was real tough on myself and I was like, maybe I should just quit sevens. Like, you're not good enough to be here anymore. And and just like everyone else, like, I, I have those... You're human. Yeah, I have yeah. those thoughts. And like, so it was real tough. But then to talk to people like my husband stuff and he'll be like you know like you actually didn't play that bad he goes you can see that you're just a little bit off the mark and it's and he goes but that all come with training and getting your game fitness back he's like that's your first game in like five months after oh six months whatever it was no actually it was a year sorry after getting my wow a year surgery. after your neck yeah wow so i remember i um it was april to kind of april that next year when i first got back but um that's me you know like so mm. it's it's this person is the and this thought sometimes can get the better of me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Good takeaway from that for individuals to know what's their best way of being able to release or to yeah. stay calm or to get over losses or anxiousness, like you mentioned. For you, you know your body for yourself. It's mm. you like to release through words and yeah. verbalize and yeah. have people that you can talk to for others. So it's about being calm in a corner. Yeah. Going for walk on the beach or so it's good like everyone can take away a message from that getting to know your body and what works best for yourself yes that yeah. and that's so true and i feel like there's a lot of players out there and in men players too i reckon a lot of men players like uh, male uh, athletes are the same as me where they would probably want to release like they need to talk but because mm. in those circles still which is so tough to see sometimes that like even i've talked to rugby players back home and i said they're like oh he's like oh, i really like how you said you guys have called a sisters chat like we have sis in black friend sevens and you sit around and you can just open the floor and talk about whatever you want and everyone just chats yeah. like yarns and um <laughs> he's like and i go you don't you talk to like your team like you just have a chat and he's like well nah like i would never say that stuff how i'm really feeling in front of the boys yeah and just to hear that, I was like so heartbroken for him because I was thinking, man, how much stuff do you have inside you that you just want to chat and talk about? Like, so it's a big yeah. male topic, that one. Yeah. Finding someone that you can talk and if, if, if it is verbal, mm. I feel like a lot of people are verbal. They just need to get, like, sometimes they don't even need an answer. They don't need you to fix their world. No. They just need to get it off their yeah, chest and don't fix out it, of listen. their system. Yeah, some yeah. good listeners around you. Yeah. 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 Mm. Wow. Okay, what's life after rugby? Ooh. League, rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> 
um definitely want to get into that youth space um yep. i always get told like a lot of people are like you should go on tv and do the talking you know but i don't know like it's just never really res like not resonated like god that's probably something if i was going to be nervous it'd be like that type <laughs> of stuff um i wouldn't mind being like on panels and stuff like yarn. yeah exactly like, I love having a good yeah. yarn. i wouldn't want to be like hello like yeah. you know like that's are you listening matt <laughs> <laughs> but i definitely want to get in youth space and youth programs i feel like too i in sport? Yeah. Or just youth program? Oh, like um, youth helping with pathways into sport. And yep. like, you know what we just talked about yep. before? Yeah. I, I, I even talked with like New Zealand Rugby and I said like, there's a massive gap from when girls come into the sevens program to um, when they're ready to perform. And um, a lot of it has to do with them coming in and there's this period and I call it like just the happy to be there. Just yep. grateful to be here, get my bag of free gears, and I'm not Honeymoon. staying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to fight Niall Williams for her spot, Portia Woodman for her spot. You know, yep. I'll just do what I'll just do what I have to do here. Whereas, like the faster we can cut down that period where they get into the mindset is like I'm coming here to take your spot, Portia Woodman. Mm. Yep. The better it is for them, and the better it is for Portia Woodman because then she has to fight for her spot. You know, yep. like not that she doesn't fight for it every day, but I've always felt like there's this m- massive gap, and it's and it's all the learnings off the the mental stuff and um, the physical stuff i feel like i don't know there's there's something like a person or someone or something that can be in that space mm. to help those girls be better faster yeah rather than waiting three years and being like whoa you are playing amazing like where was this person three years ago and then them saying oh it's just because i finally got the confidence to go out there and challenge yeah yeah, yeah. So the faster we can get there, it'll be better for every team, you know, yep. like that little space. Better for all sports. I mean, that's a that's yeah. A but that's what I always find when people first come into programs is like you kind of don't want to step on toes. You just float around in the background. You get one every now and again who's like obviously yep. going to be like I'm there to. But majority will sit in that little comfortable box first. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, so if somebody wants to reach out to you, obviously, Maddie Rogers. Management team is looking yeah, after you here Craig, in Australia. Craig Clifton's probably. Craig's yeah. the one to call. Yeah. Um, if they want to, do you answer DMs or do you talk to people on social? Or um, I like to try to interact with, like the I was going to say fans, like fans, yeah. um, with yeah, the yeah. people on yeah. um, socials. Like I, I like to respond to comments and stuff like that too. Yeah. I feel like some of them are honestly. <laughs> When strangers like put such nice messages, I'm like you don't even know me like properly. But it's so cute, like really nice. <laughs> oh, you, 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 you definitely have something about you when you got the jersey on and you're in even training shots. You look at the girls behind you and you're in the front. You can see there's something special about you as an athlete. And I think people resonate with that. You know, we um, I know I have personally. Mm. So, what's your Insta account? Niall Williams underscore thirteen. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always want it's you know why I had 13 is because my um oldest brother John Arthur so he when he played league he was a mad league player like everyone thought he was going to make the NRL too yeah. um he used to play 13 and then Sonny obviously ended up playing yeah. 13 too yeah. and, my, and my dad played 13 so that's why I always loved number yeah. 13 and when I went to the sevens they were like oh you get to pick your number and I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, can I have 13? And everyone was like, oh, you don't want 13. You're not on the team if you're 13. Because <laughs> it was like <laughs> 1 to 12. 
And then I was so gutted. So, but then I ended up getting four, which was kind of like the player had just left. So that one became available. Yep. And because in our team, you kind of keep, you know, as soon as you kind of keep your number. And then all of a sudden, when I'm about to leave, they're like, everyone can pick their own number. <laughs> and oh. so, but then one of the other girls who had come through picked 13. So I was like, so gutted. Oh, right. <laughs> well, four works because that's one plus three. Yes, we'll go one, off that. Three. There yeah. you go. Exactly. Hey. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on board. Um, thanks for what you're doing for sport. It's so cool to have you over here giving us some of your time as well in Australian sport. Yeah, like get on board, check out your Instagram account, and here's to you guys taking a premiership this year. Like you're you're on the journey, aren't you? You're, I can see a ring on my finger. Oh, no. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Like after that, it's got to be AFL or cricket or something. What's next after that? Because you've got everything then. <laughs> Maybe it'd be mum. Hey. Not sure. Maybe I'll it? go into coaching them. Nah. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here. Thanks for coming on board. You're an absolute legend and um, glad you're part of our Body Science family. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. No worries.